The following audio is from Christ Presbyterian Church in Nashville, Tennessee, where our mission is to follow Christ and His mission of loving people, places, and things to life. For more information about Christ Presbyterian Church, please visit ChristPres.org. And now for our scripture reading this morning, we have Meme Armised. Our scripture reading for today is from Psalm 134. Come bless the Lord, all you servants of the Lord, who stand by night in the house of the Lord. Lift up your hands to the holy place and bless the Lord. May the Lord bless you from Zion, he who made heaven and earth. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Thanks, May May. Thanks, George Orr. Well, um, I am excited to um, have Dr. Micah Edmondson here to preach for us this morning. Um, Micah has just uh, recently come on staff, and uh, he is uh, going to be starting our fourth location of Christ Presbyterian Church, Koinonia will be the name of the church. And we've shown the video, and we've sent that out, we've talked about it for the last couple weeks. And I'm so excited for him to be here. You he, he may have been at one of our services where he's preached before. Uh, this is our first time to do it outside, so I was excited that he could uh, preach outside in the outside experience, uh, which is always fun. I know everybody always enjoys that. Uh, his uh, sweet wife, Chris, Dr. Christina Edmondson, is over there with their uh, daughters, Zoe and Shiloh, and I'm so glad that they're with us as well. Uh, joining us this morning. I do want to uh, make another announcement as well, uh, just a reminder, not today, but next Sunday at 5 p.m. Uh, in the breezeway at Christ Pres Old Hickory uh, is going to be the first vision uh, informational meeting, uh, vision meeting uh, that uh, Dr. Micah Edmondson is going to hold at uh, for Koinonia. So if you have interest in any way uh, of going to listen, whether it be uh, just to learn and know about how we're uh, continue to support and be a part and grow as Christ Presbyterian Church and what this amazing work is. Um, it is uh, an exciting, diverse uh, new covenant community and the commitment that we have and we long to see and be a part of that uh, Micah is leading us in to have a cross-cultural uh, community in uh, Nashville and uh, how we as uh, uh, Christ Presbyterian Church Music Row are a part of that and grow with that and encourage you, just as I've said, many of you have asked me about it, please go and uh, hear more about it, learn as we grow together about what it means to actually impact our entire city uh, not just through one location, but all locations uh, ter- towards uh, this div- amazing new diverse co- covenant community. It'll be launching, uh, actually launching in November, uh, November 8th, I, I believe it is, uh, the-, the Sunday after the election, which is perfect timing, uh, as it should be. So with that, I want to introduce Dr. Uh, Mike Edmondson. Come on up, man. All right. Thank you, brother. Yeah. Good to see you. Well, Music Row, are y'all ready for the gospel? Oh, yeah, come on, come on, we outside. I want y'all to make everybody here. You ready for the gospel? Amen, amen. The gospel, the gospel is the power of God and the salvation for all those who will believe it. And, it. and there is no greater news in all the world than the good news of Jesus Christ who has come to save not the righteous but sinners, folk like us. And so I I hope you all are excited and enthused at an opportunity, another opportunity to worship the Lord and to hear from him. Uh, Gospel ministry is the ministry of Jesus. Never forget that. And so as you hear the gospel, when it goes forth from his word, 
you are having an encounter with the living Christ himself. And so I don't want you to so much focus on on me, uh, uh, let me be out of the way. But I want—I'm I'm like uh, every good gospel preacher is like a holy matador. You know what a matador is? A matador when they uh, over, over in Spain as they practice bullfighting, the matador job is to get out of the way and to point you uh, to Jesus. And that's exactly what the preacher is supposed to do. The preacher is supposed to get out of the way so that you can see clearly the glory of the risen Christ. Psalm 134 today, 134, Psalm 134 is the, is the last of the Psalms of Ascent, and it is a, a passage that picks up at nighttime, at nighttime. And so today, I would like, uh, by God's grace, for us to consider together salvation for the struggler, salvation for the struggler. Today's passage, as I said, picks up at night just as the smoke from the evening sacrifices dissipating overhead at the temple in Jerusalem. Just after 6 o'clock p.m., the sun is setting in the distance. Thousands of Israelites were filing out of the temple, going through the temple courts, out of their gates, on their way back down the mountain to the, to the, uh, to the comfort of their own homes and their own beds. Meanwhile, as they were heading to bed, the Levites and the priests and the temple guards, uh, those whose duty it was to work overnight, were just coming on. As everybody else was going to bed, they were just starting work. They were just starting their service, uh, beginning to take their post for the first watch of the night, which ran from 6 p.m. to 6 a.m. Now, it's one thing, beloved, to stand and bless the Lord in the house of the Lord when you're rested and you're refreshed and it's 9 a.m. and you're excited to be at worship. But it's another thing when everybody else is going to bed. Everybody else is sleepy. Everybody else is going to put their heads on their pillow and you are just starting work. It's a whole different matter to stand by night in the house of the Lord. You're fighting against your body's circadian rhythms. You all know what circadian rhythms are. That's the body's natural rhythm and urge to go to sleep at night. Physiologist Dr. Charmaine Eastman studies circadian rhythms and their impact on night shift work. And uh, she explains that our bodies and brains are designed to relax and cool down after dark, to release hormones that cause us to get drowsy at night make it extremely difficult to stay awake and to stay focused and to stay dialed in at night. And as these temple servants who work by night uh, were going on to take their post, they would have been fighting against their circadian rhythms. They would have been fighting against their body's natural urge to go to sleep. And you know, when your body wants to go to sleep, it's going to find a way to get some sleep. I remember when my mom sold the house in East Nashville about five years ago. We came down, we were moving mom up to Grand Rapids, Michigan, and we to live with us, and we packed up the U-Haul, and mom and I decided we we're going to get one more meal before we took that 10-hour trek up from Nashville to Grand Rapids, Michigan. And we stopped over at Outback Steakhouse. And when I decided, you know, to get something called the brisket burger, and um, you all may have, you all, some of you all probably know where this is going. 
I ate that brisket burger, enjoyed myself, and got into the U-Haul with the intention of going 10 hours north to Grand Rapids, Michigan. But seven minutes, beloved, <laughs> into my drive, I started to feel myself fading. I began to regret my decision to eat that brisket burger. My eyes began to blur and flicker. That burger weighed heavy on me. And on a 10-hour journey, I made it as far as Goodlessville <laughs> before I realized I could not go any further. I called mom on the phone. Mom, I'm in trouble. We've got to pull over. And I need some help because I cannot stay awake. We pulled over to the gas station. I, I drug myself out of that U-Haul into the gas station and found as much five-hour energy drink and candy and Swedish fish as I could stuff into my body. You know, spiritual distraction and lethargy can be like that. You know, we start out with the best of intentions. We start out with the best of intentions. We, we, we start out saying, I, I, I'm going to read through the entire Bible in two months. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to get up at 5.30 every morning and pray. I've got, got a New Year's resolution. But little by little, we find the cares of life weighing on us, especially during the days of COVID-19 with economic downturns, with social and political unrest, with all the issues in the business of life. It can be a hard fight to stay engaged. The Hebrew word that is used here to describe what the, uh, what the servants by night were doing is a word that's actually a military word that means to take your stand. And it suggests to us that it was not an easy thing for these priests and these Levites and these temple guards to stay up by night, but it was an actual fight for them to stay engaged. It was a fight for them to stay connected and, and stay dialed in to worship the Lord by night. And, 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 and it's a fight sometimes to keep going in the Christian life. Just like I was in the U-Haul, we can find ourselves sometimes fading in prayer, fading in Bible reading, fading in serving in the life of the local church, fading in loving our neighbors, neighbors, fading in kindness, fading in patience, fading in our joy in the Lord, fading in generosity, fading in just being mindful of the Lord. It's easy to find ourselves as we serve in the nighttime of life, in the time of lethargy and, and burden of life, to find ourselves fading. Spiritual lethargy is not something that we can stave off in our own strength. I tried to stay awake when I was in that U-Haul. I tried my hardest. And oftentimes for, for many of us, we can say, hey, look, I tried, Lord. I have, I have, been, I have been seeking to try to serve you, Lord, but, but, but I just don't understand. Something seems to continue to keep over me. We cannot... We cannot stave off spiritual lethargy in our own strength. We need the Lord to rescue us from our own spiritual drowsiness. We need the Lord to wake us up. And that's partly why Ephesians 5 says, Awake, O sleeper, and arise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. We are spiritual sleepers by nature. We are spiritual sleepers by nature. And we need the grace of Jesus Christ more than we realize to wake us up. It's amazing that the scripture didn't just say, uh, 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 awake, awake, oh, those, those of you who are sleeping. 
It says, no, awake, O sleeper, because that's who you are by nature. You need Jesus. You need, the, 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 you need the, 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 the light of Christ to shine on you and to keep you awake and to keep your hands lifted up in the temple, to keep you blessing the Lord with your life, to keep you blessing the Lord in all that you do. You need the Lord to keep you dialed in. You need the Lord to keep you coming to church. You need the Lord to keep you uh, 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 clicking on the live stream. You need the Lord to keep you uh, uh, continuing to, 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 to love your neighbor well. You need the Lord. And here in this passage, I want to, by God's grace, I want to lift up four ways that Christ shines on us to keep us strugglers awake during the night shift of life. Here's the first thing. Number one, if you're taking notes, write this down. We are supposed to listen to company in the temple. Listen to company in the temple. Look at what it says in verse one. Behold, bless the Lord, all servants of the Lord who serve by night in the house of the Lord. Now remember, beloved, this is a song of ascent. This is a song that the Lord put on the lips of his worshipers as they traveled up to the temple to worship the Lord. And the very first word, the very first Hebrew word in Psalm 134 is the word hine. Repeat after me, hine. Come on, let's do better than that. Hinei. Hinei. Hinei means behold. But it, it can also mean wake up. Wake up. Check this out. Don't go to sleep. Behold. Behold. When several thousand worshipers said behold at the same time, I guarantee you that those Levites would have woke up. They would have woke up. They, they, the, those standing around the temple walls, when they heard the thousands of God's people shouting, behold, he nay, at the same time, it would have been a serious wake-up call for drowsy Levites to continue to do what they were called to do. And this psalm, beloved, was a gift to drowsy, weak Levites, to sleepy servants. The priests and the Levites received this encouragement from not just a few Israelites, but from a great cloud of witnesses, thousands at the same time, repeating God's word. Not just a few people, but thousands, and not just once, but regularly, and not in a soft voice, but in a loud, cacophonous sound to lift up their hands and bless the Lord by night. Beloved, it takes an entire church to raise a saint. It takes the voices of all of God's people coming together to wake us up out of our spiritual lethargy and to keep on going. Evangelist D.L. Moody was visiting a prominent Chicago citizen when the idea of church membership and involvement came up. And this prominent Chicago citizen said, I believe I can be just as good a Christian outside the church as I can be inside the church. I, I don't really, I don't know if I, if I need to go down there and, and connect with those people. And Moody didn't say anything first. He just moved over to the fireplace that was in front of them. And he took, uh, he took, uh, uh, he, he took something he, and, he, and, he, and he, was, he was able to move uh, one of the burning coals from, that was burning on the fireplace. Uh, and, and he moved it from the fireplace and moved it off to the side. And Moody looked at that man and he said, that, that coal is you. And as they watched that coal, they watched that coal, it, it, it burned for a while, the ember burned for a while and, and finally began to fade because it wasn't in the company of the other ones. Before you know it, that, that, that solitary coal died out. 
The man looked at Moody and he said, I see what you mean now. Beloved, we are just like that. We burn hot for the Lord as long as we are in the assembly of the saints. We burn hot for the Lord as long as we have the cacophony of God's people telling us to lift up our hands and bless the Lord. But the minute we decide to strike out on our own, we are just like that coal. We can find ourselves fading and cooling off and becoming distracted. We desperately need the assembly of the saints. The Lord has given the assembly as a gift to you and a gift to me. Do you know what a blessing it is that the Lord didn't leave you to your own devices, but that he put uh, himself on your mind and in your heart and he brought you in to worship today? What an amazing grace. What an amazing blessing it is to be in the assembly of the saints. Well, the saints by the spirit of God and through the word of God can say, wake up, O sleeper. God has brought you in here and we desperately need it. We desperately need it. We need, we need every opportunity we can to be reminded to wake up out of our spiritual distraction. We need it. We need, listen, we need everything. We need connect groups. We need four groups. We need every kind of group that we can get in so that we can be reminded and encouraged and stirred up to serve the Lord. It's a gift that God has given us to combat our drowsiness. You know, Drowsiness didn't come to you and say it's drowsiness. You know, it's amazing because uh, oftentimes when it comes to drowsiness, you find yourself waking up. You say, I was, I, was, I was watching this movie. And next thing I know, it was at the end of the movie. Where did it go? I find myself waking up. Drowsiness didn't come saying, I'm drowsy. Here I come. I'm about to put you to sleep. No, no, no. You find yourself waking up. And so you need other people that can see some things in your life that you can't see. You need some other people that can say to you, you look like you're fading, brother. You look like you might be nodding off, brother. This is like the third or fourth time we've seen you close your eyes, brother. Wake up, old sleeper. So we need the company. We need the company of God's people. Listen, we also need to behold Christ in the temple. Not only do we need to listen to company in the temple, we need to behold Christ in the temple. Look at what it says here. It says, behold, bless the Lord. All servants of the Lord who serve by night in the house of the Lord. So the question is, well, when, 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 when the saints said, he nay, behold, well, what are we beholding? What are they waking up to see? What are they waking up to check out? Well, well they're, 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 it, it kind of gives us a sense of that. Notice, I want you to notice what the verse says. Behold, bless the Lord, capital L-O-R-D. That's the covenant name of God. Bless Yahweh, bless Jehovah, all you servants of Jehovah who serve by night in the house of Jehovah. Do you notice how many times God's covenant name is being used here? In the span of one verse, God's covenant name is being used three times. And so for sleepy people who might not have heard everything, you know what they would have heard? They would have heard Jehovah, Jehovah, Jehovah. They, that's what they would have heard over and over again. Because they were being called to be mindful of the covenant faithfulness of the Lord. Listen, the thing that will wake us up out of our spiritual sleep is when we began to realize how good God has been to us. The thing that, listen, the thing, the thing, that, the thing that gives us a, a, a jolt is when we realize the shock value of grace. That grace is not just good, grace is amazing. Grace is shocking. Grace is astounding. Grace is, is, is magnificent. You see. 
The Lord introduced himself with this covenant name in the book of Exodus. I am the Lord, your God, who brought you out of Egypt, out of the house of bondage. He's letting him know I've been good to you. I've been merciful to you. I've been amazingly good to you. And as the, as the, as the Levites, as the priests uh, uh, continue to, to consider the goodness of the Lord, as they looked around at the temple and all the ceremonial sacrifices and all of those things that, that really in the Old Testament pointed forward to Jesus and how good he would be to us, they, they, they would be overwhelmed with the goodness of the Lord. Uh, they were in a place where heaven met earth, where the thrice holy, infinite, eternal, all-wise, all-powerful, sovereign, God met with his sinful people and that would have shocked them into service. It would have woke them up to realize how good God had been to them, to be reminded and they would have found grace to be amazing. It would have woken them up out of their spiritual lethargy. There's a song in the black church tradition that said, when I think about his goodness and what he's done for me, when I think about his goodness and how he set me free, I want to dance, 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 dance all night. Then he goes on and says, when I think about his mercy, when I think about his grace, when I think about Mount Calvary and how he took my place, I want to shout, 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 shout all night. And when you think about how good the Lord has been to you, and, and, and I'm, not, I'm not just talking about the general goodness of the Lord. I'm talking about the particular goodness of the Lord. I want you to think about how you were lost in your sins, how you were, were, were wandering away, how you had been rebellious against the Lord, and how the Lord loved you and how he's kept you and how he's been a God to you. Ain't God been good to you? Amen. Amen, somebody. Not just us, but to you. Jesus has been good to you. Jesus, listen, listen, the Lord, the Lord looked out on the mass of, of, of people, of fallen sinners that would come in the future, folks that, that did not deserve his mercy and grace. And out of all the mass of humanity, he chose you. He chose you. He didn't have to choose you. But the Lord loved you and he chose you and, he, and, and, and you have been adopted into the beloved. You've been redeemed by his own blood. He's forgiven all of your sins. He, he's healed you. He, he, he saved you. He's raised you. He sent his spirit to comfort and keep you. He sent his gospel to keep you encouraged. He sent his word to strengthen you. He, he made the gospel come alive in your eyes. And there's a whole lot of people out here that'll hear the gospel and it'll fall on deaf ears and it'll fall on a, on a, on a, on a, on a dead heart. But the Lord brought you alive. And let you see and let you hear and let you believe. God has been good to you. God has been amazingly good to you. He put you in his household. He let you come and worship him amongst his people. God is worthy. He's worthy to be praised. And so we behold Christ in the temple. Here's the third thing that God gives us to, 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 to really wake us up. Listen, pursue, we pursue our calling in the temple. We pursue our calling in the temple. Look at what verse 2 says. It says, lift up your hands to the sanctuary and bless the Lord. I mean, you know, it's interesting because the text could have just repeated itself. The text has already said, bless the Lord. You servants who serve, in the, serve the Lord by night. It's already said, bless the Lord. But it comes back and said, now I'm going to tell you exactly what you're supposed to do here. You're supposed to lift up your hands in the sanctuary and bless the Lord. 
This, this, is, this is, listen, this is active engagement. This is, in case you, in case you missed it, I'm going to lay it, I'm going to lay it out to you exactly what you're supposed to do and, and exactly the direction you're supposed to do it in. Lift up your hands to the sanctuary and bless the Lord. The multitudes of Israelites were dependent on the priests not to fall asleep. Because when they went home, the priests were going to be praying on their behalf when they were asleep. And, and so they needed the priests to be on their jobs. And, and so they said, look, you got to be actively involved, man. You, can't, you cannot be sleeping on the job. I mean, can you imagine if, 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 uh, if the folks who were, who were controlling the traffic lights fell asleep on the job? Sometimes it feels like they do that, right? But, but, but can you imagine if the folks who were supposed to, uh, 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 the EMT workers fell asleep on the job? They showed up to rescue somebody and just went to sleep? Can you imagine if folks who were supposed to fight fires fell asleep on the job? And so here we have folks who are in many ways fighting fires spiritually, and they're saying, don't you fall asleep on the job. You have got to be actively involved and engaged. You know, it's interesting. You can fall asleep in church if you are not committed to serving the Lord for the benefit of others. You can fall asleep spiritually if you don't have anything to do in the church. That's the, oh, that's, that, that's, that is one of the great, um, that's one of the great dangers of spiritual consumerism. If you just come in here just to receive, I'm just going to sit in here and receive and receive and receive, but I'm never going to serve anybody else. You know what's going to happen. You are going to fall asleep in the house of the Lord. But, but, but one of the things that we commit to as the Lord's people is not only to love the Lord in worship, but also in service. What does that mean? That means that the Lord has given you a gift for somebody else's benefit. That means that you are a priest with the priesthood of all believers. And what that means is God has put you in this place because he wants you to be praying for somebody else. He has put you in this place because he knows that somebody else needs you to be praying. Somebody else needs you to be interceding. Somebody else needs you to be serving. Somebody else needs you to be an example before them. And they are dependent on your example. And so you can't just fall asleep on the job. You can't just be in here just, just consuming this the same way we consume Netflix. You can't just come in here like this is a concert to entertain. No, 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 no. You are here to be equipped and encouraged for service. Because the Lord, listen, listen, the Lord don't need you to serve him, but you know who needs you? Your neighbor does. Your brother or sister in Christ does. The person, the per, I was going to say the person sitting on the pew next to you, but no, nah, no, nah, the person sitting in that tape next to you does. They need you. They need you. They need you desperately to be on your job because the Lord's grace will come to them through your words, through your hands, through your actions. This is what Martin Luther said. He said, God does not need your good works, but your neighbor does. Your neighbor does. The story is told of a Roman aqueduct in Segovia built in 109 A.D., and for 1,800 years, this aqueduct carried cool water from the mountains to the hot, thirsty city. Nearly 60 generations of men and women drank from its flow, but then came another generation, a more recent generation, who decided to take the aqueduct down. They felt like it was such a great marvel that it ought to be preserved for their children as a museum piece. And so they took it down and, 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 and they laid modern pipes in its place. They gave the 
ancient bricks and mortar a rest. But then suddenly, to their shock and surprise, the aqueduct started to fall apart. The sun beating on the dry mortar caused it to crumble. The bricks and the stones sagged and threatened to fall. And what ages of service could not destroy, idleness disintegrated. An idle life, beloved, is a disintegrated life. An idle life in the house, even in the household of faith, is a disintegrated life. Listen, if you want to, if, listen, if you want to do a spiritual checkup on yourself, a spiritual audit on yourself, I want you to begin to go to a piece of paper and think about yourself and say, who are the people I am serving in the household of faith? And start to list those out. And if you got, if you got precious few people, if you got to really stretch to figure out who you're serving, then you're probably not doing well spiritually. Because God has hooked this thing up such that he has hidden life and grace and mercy and strength in your service. So that as you serve, you find yourself strengthened. As you serve, you find yourself excited and blessed. As you serve, you see, you, you'll find the Lord waiting for you right there in your service to give you grace and sanctification and holiness. Here's the final point. Here's the final point. We... We pursue our calling in the temple, but we also look to our covering in the temple as well. Verse three, this is the final verse here. May the Lord bless you from Zion who made heaven and earth. This verse really recalls the blessing of Numbers 6, 24 through 26, that Aaron, the high priest Aaron and the priest would pronounce over the people as they stretch their hands over them. And as this priest stretched forth their hands in high priestly blessing, they realized that in some mysterious way, the Lord was the one that was really stretching his hands out over them in high priestly blessing. And somehow God himself, this psalm really points out that somehow God himself would become the great high priest. The one who made heaven and earth would really be the ones that was the great high priest. And so this psalm really pointed forward beyond the purview of, of just the Old Testament saints in their immediate situation to the, to the day in which God himself would come down from Zion and actually bless them and become their great high priest to have his hands outstretched over them. And, 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 and this is an encouragement because that blessing is no weak blessing. That blessing is no weak blessing. That, that's not like, that blessing is not like a good luck charm. You know, there's some people that just carry around a good luck charm. You know, they're, 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 they're sports athletes, they're baseball players. They say, man, I've been carrying this old sock around for three seasons. Lord have mercy. I've been carrying this, I've been carrying this, I've been wearing something, I've been wearing the same pair of underwear for however long, six weeks. I, you know, I don't know how that works out, but, 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 but there, there, there are people that try to employ outside forces to try to help them along the way. And, 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 and the Lord who blesses us from Zion, Listen, the Lord who blesses us from Zion is the God who made heaven and earth, the, the, the God who formed the sun, the God who formed the galaxies, the God who formed the Milky Way. The, all the strength that is behind the formation of the universe is the very strength that is behind the blessing of God's people. And you can't get no, more, you can't get no better covering than that. You can't get no better protection than that. When Jesus came as the God-man, 
the creator made flesh. He took up the ministry of the great high priest. And when his disciples found themselves called to serve by night, you remember that faithful day when the disciples were called to pray, to serve by night. The, the disciples, the, the apostles were gathered around and, and Jesus went to the garden of Gethsemane. And it was at that point, that that, that faithful point, that the, that the apostles uh, found themselves engaged in a ministry of prayer, engaged in, 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 in interceding by night. And we know what happened to the apostles. Every last one of them fell asleep. Every last one of them showed that they did not have the strength in and of themselves to keep up this ministry, to actually uphold their, their duty. But here's the good news. Just as they nodded off, the very last thing they saw, as they failed in their duty, as they failed in their prayers, as they found themselves too exhausted to go on, the very last thing they saw as they nodded off was that Jesus was continuing to pray, that Jesus continued to remain faithful, that Jesus continued to offer up prayers uh, uh, to the Lord. And, and that's our good news today, that even when we find ourselves failing in our duties to lift up our hand to the Lord, King Jesus is standing at the right hand of, our, of the Father, interceding on our behalf. Even when your hands fall, guess whose hands are still up? Jesus' hands are still up. Even when you forget to pray, guess who has not forgotten to pray? Jesus never forgets to pray. Even when you find yourself forgetting to serve, and uh, even on your own behalf, you know, because, because listen, when we pray, that's not something that we're doing on the Lord's behalf. The Lord doesn't need our prayers, but we need need to pray. God has given prayer to us as a precious gift. And, and when we forget to be faithful in that gift, guess who's faithful in that gift? Jesus himself. Out of all the things that the risen Christ could be doing, he has willingly chosen to pray for you at the right hand of the Father. What a blessing. What a gift. What amazing grace that the hands that made heaven and earth are raised over our lives in a powerful blessing to protect us and to keep us. Four-year-old little girl and her mom went to visit the bank one day. And as they got out of the car, they were heading into the bank and these bank doors were huge. It's the kind of thing that you really need some strength to open and this little four-year-old girl didn't have the strength to open the doors, but she ran up to the glass doors anyway and she plunged herself against the door and suddenly she found it rotating and opening. She was excited because she was, did, had no idea that this door was going to open. It was way so much bigger than she was. There was no way she could do it in her own strength. But she looked up and she saw her mother's hand over her, pushing for her what she could not push for herself. And that's the good news today of our God's blessing that blesses us from Zion. That Listen, Jesus does the heavy lifting in the Christian life. Amen. Jesus does the heavy lifting in the Christian life. As we find ourselves, listen, listen, engaging in the ministry of prayer, engaging in the ministry of service, engaging in the ministry of loving our neighbors, as we find ourselves worshiping and connecting and serving, guess whose ministry that actually is? It's the Lord's ministry. He's the one that's doing the heavy lifting. He's the one that's, that, you know, didn't, didn't he say that to his, his disciples? He said, apart from me, you can do nothing. Apart from me, you can't push no door open. Apart from me, you can't get a prayer through. 
Apart from me, you can't love your neighbor. Apart from me, you can do nothing. But the good news about that is, is that every time you do, it's his strength that's actually coming to you. It's his strength that's actually working through you. And that's an amazing thing because if it's his strength, that means we have an inexhaustible supply. We have an inexhaustible supply. And so the Lord has been merciful to us today, Music Row. He's given us these four precious, amazing treasures as we listen to company in the temple, as we behold Christ in the temple, as we pursue our calling in the temple, and as we look to our covering in the temple. Amen. Father, we thank you. We thank you, Lord, for your amazing, abundant, resplendent, strengthening grace that wakes up sleepers, that strengthens strugglers, that comes to us, O oh Lord, in the time of need. And Lord, we confess today that even though we might be able to dress it up, so many of us, Lord, are at our wit's end. So many of us are struggling and tired, O oh God. And O oh Father, we need your mercy today. We need you to wake us up today. We need you to give us strength today, O oh Lord. And we pray that you will continue to do it. Thank you for the word that has come forth as, as it has come forth from, from you, O oh God. We pray that you would use it, O oh Father, to enlighten our eyes, to strengthen our souls, and to renew our minds. In Jesus' mighty name, and all of God's people said, amen.